0: welcome to the ducks unlimited podcast the only podcast about all things waterfowl from hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks geese and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in north america we bring the resource to you the du podcast with your host chris jennings
2: today we got a good friend of the show jay england uh the Waterfowl 360 Great Lakes Migration Editor joining us. Um, he's up in northern Indiana. He's been bouncing around kind of southern Indiana, southern Illinois. Um, he's really got his ear to the ground as far as uh, snow goose migration, and, and that's where we're at right now. We're looking at the Light Goose Conservation Order just kicked off February 1st in Arkansas and a, a few other states as well. Uh, but Jay, thanks for joining the show, and let's get a little update on what's going on in you know as far as snow goose migration, and what are you seeing in the Great Lake
1: states? Well, you know, we had this early, um, pushback. Gosh, it started about a month ago with specks and some dark geese that did actually make it South this year. Um, a handful of snows poked up around here. You'd see a few flocks here and there. Then we got cold again. It's just been this cycle up and down cycle. And, um, you know, but as things, you know, as you know, down there, when it got really warm, I mean, you've got daffodils blooming, uh, in some places where these snows are they're going to roll and, um, here in a, in the last, you know, five or six days, seven days, whatever, they just, they pushed north big time, big jumps, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles in some cases. And, you know, we all sounded the alarm up here and went down and put together a big crew and put out a big spread and, and, uh, did okay, uh, down in Southern Illinois, um, solved. It may be the most snows I've ever seen at one given time. It was like 36 hours of nonstop migration of big migration. I mean, not like like you could literally, flocks were touching migration. So those birds are in northern Illinois, Missouri, and, um, you know, they've pushed into Iowa. I mean, there's a handful that have gone into Michigan, and we've got some around here in northern Indiana. But, again, they're making huge jumps. So it's really fascinating to watch, for sure.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I hunted last weekend, you know, the guys that I hunt with. Uh, you know, we hunted Arkansas, and we were we were pretty close to Memphis, and and we were hunting some of the biggest feeds that that we had been on in years, uh, multiple massive feeds and uh, hundreds of thousands of geese, and and we did we did pretty well, we did okay, but like you said, you know, sat, uh, I think it was Sunday, um, February second, you know, we woke up and it was sixty degrees at you know three a.m. and big south wind, and we laid there and we watched, you know just clouds of geese getting up, you know, feeing up and taking off north and um, probably several hundred thousand that we watched throughout the day. And, and we ended up, typically we're hunting feeds and we ended up basically, you know, almost like hunting flight birds, which is, is pretty typical for us in Arkansas because, because we do have those big feeds hanging out. But like you said, you know, trees are starting to bloom. These geese are going to get antsy um, and, and they're going to head out. But, but what's the, what, what's the the level of migration as far as you know? What's the ceiling? Where's that snow line is, from what you're seeing?
1: Well, I talked to a friend of mine in Kansas City last night who owns a really great property in um, kind of north central uh, Missouri, and we discussed this very thing. And he travels a lot around the Midwest and in the, in the Western Great Lakes states uh, for his for his job. And he said the snow line's pretty distinct in. Um, sort of like Northwest Missouri up into um, uh, Iowa. And of course, then it cuts across into Minnesota and Wisconsin. But, um, you know, with this cold, with the cold coming in now and the system snow, I think you're going to have a ton of birds jammed up in Illinois and potentially Indiana. Um, You know, the Indiana birds tend to come up in these big columns of birds and they stop for a day or two and then they jump back over to the West Northwest up into Illinois or whatever, wherever they have to go. And then they hit these huge concentrations. So my my thinking is you're gonna have parts of Missouri and then a lot of Illinois are just going to be filthy with snow geese. Now um talking to like Sean Herrick down at Willow Creek, Creek Willow Creek Waterfowl uh last week, he said they were just covered and they were waiting for, you know, of course, Saturday for the opener of the LGCO. Um and and so there's been a lot of birds in Illinois anyway. Now, what's interesting is the birds we saw We shot a lot of juvies and we saw a ton of juvies like flocks that had 50%, 40% juvies. And, you know, we're all pretty knowledgeable guys and we're watching them with binoculars. And, you know, you you just, the the rule of thumb that the juvies bring up the really and the leading edge birds are all adults. I'm just, I'm every year I grow less and less confident in that theory. Um, I really think they're mixing it up. These different colonies are dragging the, 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 the young ones up with them and, and uh, and that makes hunting, you know, easier, obviously. You know, instead of saying, oh, man, I don't want to hunt adults. Nowadays, really, if you get out on the birds, there's, ba- there's you know, juveniles there. And and it really, you know, compared to last year, it was a lot more, you know, so. Yeah, and I think, you
2: know, we didn't see quite that number. I would say probably closer to 15 to 20% juvies there in Arkansas um, on the feeds that we were hunting, um, which which made it a little more difficult. But we watched a lot of adults. Uh, really taking care of those juvies, and I'm sure you guys saw that as well, where you know, you'd know you peel off 15 or 20 out of a flock of, tw- of 200, and you know those are uh, juvies dropping down and kind of setting up on your spread, and those adults would dip down, and we watched it multiple times. You know, Time and time again, those adults dipping down and kind of corralling those juvies back in, and that that can add a little bit of difficulty to it. Um, certainly, but, you know, I'm hearing good reports. There's still a lot of geese in even, like, southern Mississippi, uh, north Louisiana, Arkansas is still loaded. Um, but that just goes to show you how exponential that number of light geese is right now and how much they've just exploded and expanded. I mean, we've talked about it off air, but, you know, just hearing you talk about Indiana being covered up with with snow geese, is it, it's almost laughable to me because, you know, growing up in Indiana my whole life, duck hunting, or, and goose hunting, obviously. I never saw a snow goose in Indiana. You know, I didn't even really hunt or see snow geese while hunting until I moved down here and started hunting in Arkansas and Mississippi. Um, so it's kind of laughable to me, like like you guys are snow goose hunting. But now I'm starting to think, man, we may be packing up gear and heading up to Indiana here pretty soon.
1: Well, certainly in your old stomping grounds, you know, there's certain areas that hold you know good concentrations of birds, and sometimes they're wintering there even if it doesn't, you know, if they don't get too much snow, um, there's always some open water somewhere. Um, and those are definitely, you know, 90, 95% big old adults. So that's tough, but as birds start to stream in from Kentucky, um, you know, Arkansas, Tennessee, Southern Illinois, you know, as they start to stream in and they follow those big river valleys where we were in Southern Illinois, we're 30 miles from Indiana. So, as birds push further east, um, it's just natural they're going to clip across that, you know, that southern part of Indiana, that southwest quadrant, if you will. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I don't think you're ever going to have like incredible opportunity there because, you know, the farm ground in, in general is completely wrapped up, uh, by these huge mega farms. And so, uh, the opportunities are not as good there as, as they would be in some areas, but, Um, That said, it's really cool because what it's doing is it's providing another flight line of birds, you know, that are cutting through not just Indiana, but they're coming through parts of Illinois that they really weren't, you know, present in good numbers only five or 10 years ago. So really, you know, I talk about Illinois a lot, but there's so many birds, you know, it seems like Illinois and eastern Missouri are sort of the middle of the hourglass with with these birds and Illinois has come on so strong with just incredible numbers. so it's, it's incredible to me that they go to Illinois and then somehow they end up over in Nebraska or, or South Dakota. Because there's no question you can see the westerly migration, you know, when you're up in uh, northeast Missouri and parts of Illinois. You see them heading almost straight west sometimes. Which is really, again, it, it just makes them that much more fascinating, you know.
0: You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport.
2: Um how's that how did that work out? Have you heard anybody who's doing any any good on that? Or is it anything that, that's something that Hunters should really look at and take advantage of?
1: Oh, there's another question. I mean, we've had specs in northern Indiana that have ridden out even some really harsh conditions, including snow. Um, but down south, southern Indiana, again, that southern Indiana, Illinois, Wabash River corridor is really coming on as a huge spec. Um not just migration hotspot. I mean, they're starting to winter. You know, it, it takes a lot to push them out. I'm I'm really kind of amazed at how hardy they, hardy they are, which shouldn't be a surprise because they you know where they nest. I mean, they're used to that inclement weather element. But when you hear about them down by you, I think of more of like a, or a Texas or Mexico. They're more of a tropical goose almost in the winter. But um hundreds of thousands for sure, tens of thousands can be. You know, you hear guys talking about like here in the last few weeks, oh Lafayette's covered with specs. Imagine when you and I were growing up if someone would have said Lafayette was covered with specs the first week of, second week of January.
2: I'd hmm. be like, What's a speck?
1: Right. I mean it's 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 fascinating. You know, they're tough to hunt, they're adults, um, they've been pounded down there and, and they're on their ways back and they're they're as tough as they come. But I think, you know, in general, we are adapting. I've got, you know, some spec decoys. In fact I've got probably five dozen in the back of this of my suburban. And, um, I'm learning as I go, you know, our, our dark season closes Sunday, this Sunday. And, um, you're going to have, um, it's a five bird limit on specs. It's a combined limit. So if you don't shoot in Canada, you can shoot five specs. I mean, come on, that's as good as it gets, you know?
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I may have to plan a trip for next year to get up there for sure with that five bird limit. That's, that's spectacular. Um, well, Jay, this has been great. You know, the, just giving people the opportunity to hear uh, hunters in southern Illinois and southern Indiana who are getting on birds. Uh, the migration is obviously pushing through. Uh, it looks like we're going to hold birds in Arkansas for at least another, you know, couple weeks, at least solid numbers, I and mean, we'll have them for a while. Uh, we've got some north winds kicking up tonight, and, and that'll keep those birds in check for a little while, But but... People down south, you know, just be aware that as soon as we pick up that sixty, sixty-five degree day and a ten to fifteen mile constant south wind, just be prepared to start losing birds about as fast as as they can get out of here. So, um, any recommendations for anyone looking to uh, hunt snows in the Great Lakes states, Jay?
1: Well, you know, you've got to look at it. Are you going to freelance and cob together a huge spread like we have over the years, and and we've chased them all over? You know, like we hunt them in Saskatchewan too in the fall and. You know, we've got a lot of money invested in it, time and energy. And when I looked at last, you know, um uh Sunday and Monday when I hunted them in Southern Illinois, in all honesty, as much as I love being around my buddies and working with my dog and all that, it probably would have behooved me to just go with an outfitter. I mean, you know, there's always, always an open seat in the pits and most of the outfitters. So and my advice, I guess, is as much as a lot of us really love freelancing, snow geese take it to a different level. And, uh, if you've got $500 in your pocket to burn, <laughs> just call an outfit or call a guide service, go do it. Um, their spreads are bigger. They do it every day. They have the best soundtracks. They know how to work birds and be patient. But if you're going to freelance, you just do your homework and start working on it. It takes years to figure it out. We figured it out now. It's just, we don't live where we can do it every day. So that becomes frustrating.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great recommendation. You know, you got to weigh that option is whether or not you want to put in the hours and hours of work. I mean, i For our group down here in in Memphis, the guys that I hunt with, I mean, we meet at 2 a.m. and basically set decoys until daylight, um, pick up at noon and then, you know, stop hunting at noon and pick up decoys until, you know, 3, 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the afternoon. It's a full day. It's a lot of work, and that's, you know, something that people should look at maybe taking advantage of an outfitter. Um, There's a bunch of them popping up. Um, I really thought a bunch of outfitters would disappear after last season. I think a bunch of them took it on the chin. Um, but there's still some available, especially in southern Illinois and, and even Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa. You know, a lot of these guys are doing doing pretty good work to put you on birds and, and just make sure you do your homework and remember who you're hunting
1: with. That's critical to do your homework. There's a lot of real shady outfits, and I hate to say that, but it's, it's, it's just like anything else. It's ripe for the taking for hucksters that want to, you know, make a quick buck um it should be pretty obvious to anybody that starts doing their homework but there's some good ones out there man do they post great numbers they're classy guys i've hunted right next to many times and it's really cool to see that kind of camaraderie i don't you know and i've seen that multiple times in multiple states
2: awesome i may bring you back on next week get another update as soon as that uh, wind changes direction we're going to send a bunch of geese your way but thanks for joining the show again
1: it's great being here as always take care folks
2: I'd like to thank Jay England, our uh, Great Lakes Migration Editor, for joining us to give everyone a little update on the light goose conservation order in Illinois and uh, Indiana, some, some late goose opportunities there for everyone. i also like to thank our producer, Clay Baird, for doing a fantastic job of putting this together. And thank you, the listener, for uh, joining us on these podcasts and, and supporting Wetlands Conservation.